The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, uh, happy Mother's Day uh, to all of you uh, who are mothers or who have them. Uh, we invite all the ladies to uh, take a carnation, uh, as is our tradition here at, uh, at St. Andrews. Um, I have to say what a joy it is to see Ron Burr back where he belongs in his seat there. Um, and it was a joy last night to see Matt Day where he belongs in his seat uh, up outside the club level at Camden Yards. I finally got to see a baseball game. And, uh, you know, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the vein of things getting back to normal, the O's just got creamed last night. Terrible, like bad news bears level infield play. Um, but it was, still, it was still fun to be there, and it was great to, great to see Matt uh, in his natural habitat. I want to talk this morning about election. Now, don't get nervous. This is not the political kind. I've had enough talk about that for quite some time. Now, I want to talk about the theological kind of election, the kind of election that we find in Scripture. Because what we find time after time in the story of God's dealing with the world is that He chooses particular people to do particular things. Probably the first and best example of this is Abraham. When he was Abram at the time, Yahweh had said to him, this is Genesis chapter 12, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. And then what is going to happen? God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Those who bless you I will bless, and those who curse you I will curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. I mean, it was a tremendous blessing for Abram to be chosen, right? To be chosen to have this special relationship with God, but the whole point of the exercise wasn't just so that one guy or even just his family could have this special relationship. No, this was part of God's strategy for redeeming the whole world 
And in this way, Abraham really is the first elect person in Scripture. You might think about Noah beforehand, obviously. God had to pick one person, Noah. He picked him and his family and saved them out of the flood. But the sense there was really Noah was kind of Adam 1.1. If the first version messed up, let's just wipe the slate clean and try again. And this guy's got a great reputation. Maybe it'll work out better. Spoiler alert, it, it didn't. And so then, instead of wiping the whole slate clean and starting fresh, what God says was, well, let's pick one people and have them be my agents. Have them be, in a sense, the, the good virus to infect the world. And so the idea of God calling Abram was not just that he called this one person, but he called his whole his whole, uh, the whole, his descendants, his whole family, in order to be a blessing to the nations around them. God chose this people after they had become a great nation. He saved them out of slavery in Egypt, brought them into a land where he gave them security, where he gave them his Torah, his law, to teach them how to live well, how to live in a way that would honor him. And the idea was that they would be a living billboard for what it looks like when you're rightly related to the God of the universe. You have health, you have prosperity, security. You have due process. People who are accused of crimes don't get lynched. They actually get to have a fair trial and they've got some place to hide out until that happens. And the idea was that God put them in the ancient Near Eastern equivalent of Delaware. Not so that He could toll them or have cops next to the road every half a mile, but so that the place that everybody has to go through would be the place that they would encounter the reality of what it is to live as servants of the one true God. And that too did not work perfectly. It's a great idea, but as it turned out, God's people got to be more interested in living like the people around them. And so rather than them infecting the rest of the world, the rest of the world infected them. But that doesn't mean that this idea of election is a bad one. It just shows that sometimes the story of God dealing with the world is that He takes an approach that might make sense until we find out that it isn't going to work. I do believe that some of the reason he does the things that he does is so that all of us clever people who say, well, what if he had just done this, can say, yeah, actually we tried that. Didn't work. No, what he, what he did in coming himself, Jesus taking on flesh, was to choose a new people, to elect in a different way, and so when Jesus says to his disciples, remember, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to bear fruit. He is simply saying that God is doing what God has always been doing. Choosing people, setting them apart as his agents of reconciliation. It's the same thing that's going on in Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 8, that famous chapter where Paul says those whom God foreknew He predestined 
to be conformed to the image of His Son, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. Likewise, Jesus says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I chose you because I knew you. And I think there's a, a link between when Paul says that God predestined those He foreknew to be conformed to the image of His Son. And when Jesus says, I chose you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Again, the idea is not just that some particular people gets chosen to have a very special relationship with God that nobody else gets to have. The idea is that those people have that relationship in order that God can empower them and send them to be His agents of reconciliation. So what does it look like to bear fruit that will last? What does fruit that lasts look like? Well, it doesn't look like any fruit that we know. My family loves apples. Every couple weeks I drive up to this orchard in Westminster and I buy a half bushel of them. And, and the farther you get from the fall, the more careful you have to be about one of them starting to turn. You catch a little whiff of that, and then you've got to dig through the whole box and make sure you find the bad apple. Toss it out to the birds, otherwise it's going to spoil the whole bunch, right? I mean, in a, a desert climate like that of the Holy Land, you can dry fruit pretty easily. That'll make it last a while. But if you don't eat it or dry it or plant it, Really, the only other thing you can do with it is turn it into something else, like wine, for example. Most grapes at the time would have been turned into wine, not least because that's the safest way to stay hydrated. Much as in the early days of our country, most of the apples we had were not eating apples, they were cider apples. You, you take the juice, you squeeze it out, and you turn it into something that, that you can use. But that too, you're not talking about laying in bottles of Chateau Petrus for decades so that you can open them on a special occasion. This is, most of this wine would have been drunk once it was able to be drunk. But the interesting thing here, and usually our translations have Jesus saying, I, I called you to, I chose you to bear fruit, fruit that will last, and last is a perfectly fine translation, but the word he uses there for fruit that will last is the Greek word meno which is the same thing that we had in the passage that Father Ron read to you last week. You could also translate that word, abide. So when Jesus says, abide in me, and I'll abide in you, he's using the same kind of, or the same word as he uses here when he talks about having fruit that lasts or abides. And I'm gonna guess that that's not by accident. The fact is the only way fruit really can abide is if it goes into someone or something, right? Otherwise it just rots. If it goes in the ground, it can become another apple tree. You feed it to people or to animals, then it can give them energy to do the things that they need to do. Really the only way fruit abides is when it is used, when it's chewed up, when it's squeezed out. That's how fruit really abides. And if you want to see what that looks like, 
I would encourage you, after the service, to take a look at the bulletin board in the narthex. Now, I'm also supposed to tell you and remind you that you're supposed to leave out the building right after the service. So don't take too long to look at the bulletin board in the narthex. Maybe you could take a picture. It'll last longer. And then you could, at your leisure, kind of zoom in. But, but we have on the bulletin board thank you letters and cards from all these different ministries that we've supported. I think I told you that last year we gave away some $18,000 to feeding ministries, to healing ministries here in Anne Arundel County and around the state and even across the globe. We supported COVID relief work in, in Africa and in Indonesia. Most of our support went to our neighborhood, but we were involved in helping people all over the place. There's a lovely thank you note from one of the AA groups that meets here. We now have, I think, more than uh, 10 recovery groups, almost 10, maybe more than 10 recovery groups meeting here. Just got word last week that they want an, another one. We have generously opened up this space that God has given us in order that it can be a resource for our community. And we're not doing it so that we can get rent. We accept a modest donation to offset some of our costs, but... but if, if the, these recovery groups couldn't pay a dime, we'd be glad to have them here. We generously supported people in our community in need. Last month, you'll see on your bulletin, we collected over $2,000 to help Bill Forgen's family recover from their house fire. What gives me hope, one of the things that gives me hope and encouragement for this ministry that God has given us here, that I think we get this idea that to bear fruit is to be poured out, to be squeezed out, to be chewed up. And that goes not only for our space and for the funds that God has entrusted to us, really that goes for our mission. What exactly is it going to look like for St. Andrews to be a sign and agent of the kingdom of God here in Pasadena as the world recovers from COVID? What exactly is it going to look like for us to be a faithful outpost of the kingdom out here in enemy territory? Well, we'll get to find that out together, but I think we'll find it out as we keep our hands open and our hearts open and our minds open to what exactly God wants that to look like. But I am excited that we'll be finding that out together. I want to end by quoting a song by a guy named Bob Frankie. He's a singer-songwriter up in New England. He's got this song called Thanksgiving Eve, and it goes, it's so easy to dream of the days gone by. It's a hard thing to think of the times to come, but the grace to accept every moment is a gift, is a gift that is given to some. What can you do with your days but work and hope? Let your dreams bind your work to your play. What can you do with each moment of your life but love till you've loved it away? Love till you've loved it away. Amen.